0: All across America and around the world, this is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. And now, your host for today's program, Jim Fossone.
1: And
2: good afternoon. I am Jim Fossone. I'm your officer of the deck today. Uh, we're going to talk uh, veteran radio benefits and have a few of our uh, standard, uh, experts on. We've got, uh, Michael G. Smith, director of Washoe County Veterans Affairs, and we have Brigadier General Carol Ann Fosson, retired, both participating today. We're going to talk, uh, about a few other things before we get into benefits, but if you have a question, uh, please call 734-971-1600, and we'll, uh, talk with you about uh, whatever those questions might be. We've had a few emails over the week, so we'll be talking about those as well. And uh, just wanted to bring anybody in the audience in. The call-in number is 734-822-1600. Let me do that again. 734-822-1600. So that's... Uh, uh, where we're going to start, and we hope that uh, you've got some questions for us as we move along today. Um, certainly a lot's been happening in the world, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, sort of everybody's reaction to the pullout from Afghanistan and what's happened in uh, Kabul in the last week. But uh, before we get started, uh, an announcement maybe we w- want to pass along to you. The 12th Annual Veterans Summit will be held in uh, Canton, Michigan this year. It's uh, in conjunction with the Cannon Community Foundation. It's September 15th this year, Wednesday, September 15th. Um, last year, that uh, was a totally virtual. This year, we're gonna try to do a smaller uh, event from 10 to noon to answer some questions and get a meeting together with our veterans. So uh, you can register for this. It's a free event, but you need to register uh, by going to localimpactalliance.org. That's localimpactalliance.org. That's where the Cannon Community Foundation has registration going on. You can also call them at 734-495-1200. So at the start of Veterans Radio, you should always have some uh, notes uh, ready to take. Some notes, pens and paper. So we hope to see you on September fifteenth at the twelfth annual Veterans Summit, where we'll be answering questions about uh, uh, healthcare and disability and burial benefits and other things of interest to veterans. And again, you can register for that by going to localimpactalliance.org or seven three four. Uh, and again, call in any questions you might have to seven three four eight two two sixteen hundred for today's show. Um, another issue we wanted to start with: uh, everybody wants to know more about uh, what's going on at VA and what uh, uh, might be available. Um, there was an interesting uh, news release this uh, this in the last month that I thought I'd pass along. BECAUSE SO MANY PEOPLE HAVE BEEN, YOU KNOW, WORRIED ABOUT uh, COVID AND WORRIED ABOUT HOUSING THAT uh, THIS uh, BENEFIT IS, YOU KNOW, SOMETHING YOU OUGHT TO KNOW ABOUT AND MAYBE BE READY FOR. SO VA HAS ANNOUNCED NEW OPTIONS TO HELP VETERANS AVOID FORECLOSURE. Um, THERE ARE PROGRAMS FOR BOTH THOSE WHO HAVE VA LOANS, BUT THOSE WHO HAVE COMMERCIAL MORTGAGES AS WELL. The most recent one is a COVID-19 refund modification option. And I don't know if you've seen this yet, uh, Michael, or have had a chance to work with anybody on this, but uh, VA will uh, defer indebtedness uh, f- from a COVID-19 uh, refund modification and actually move that debt to a junior lien. Um, that junior lien then doesn't accrue any interest will not require any monthly payments and will only become due when the property is sold and then the guaranteed loan is paid off. Uh, It's very interesting. I think it's a creative way for the government to help veterans who may be struggling with their VA home loans. Um, This COVID related forbearance is only available through September of, at the moment, September 30th of 2021 but it's really a great program uh, for veterans to know about because they can maybe receive a 20% payment reduction and they can move anything that they're behind on to the back end, if you will, of the loan. It's kind of an interesting program. My office won't see much of it, um, but I don't know if you'll see it or if it's been talked about among the county counselors, Michael.
3: No, not at this point. I mean, it's it's pretty new. We, We just got the announcement. Um, the, the VA has been working with veterans since last year with um, waiving indebtedness of any kind, whether it is related to mortgages or compensation, pension, education. So the Debt Management Center has um, actively been um, waiving all kinds of debts, even the VA hospital in terms of co-payments. Um, many veterans just received a refund of a collection of co-payments. Because of the VA's uh, position right now to waive debts. So this is another way, another creative way in which the VA can come up with to help veterans remain in their homes. It's the VA does not want to foreclose on VA home loan guaranteed properties because they become the owner and they're just not in a position to be an owner and mover of properties. So they much prefer that. Veterans or they and veterans work together to come up with creative ways to keep them housed and in their homes. And I think this is just an awesome way that the VAs, uh, um, again, come up with an idea of making sure that our veterans are taken care of.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, uh, we're talking about this today on Veterans Radio to help veterans avoid foreclosure. So many veterans do have VA loans. If you're sitting there and you've you've got a problem with making your payments, don't just sit there. Don't just get yourself into a foreclosure situation because, really, it seems every month in the last year or two, VA has come up with something new to help veterans stay in those houses. Um, so, please, if you're out there or if you know somebody, a fellow veteran, who might be struggling financially and maybe is not staying up to date on their um, – uh, VA loans. Uh, hey, tell them something new's going on out there. Don't, don't sit there. Reach out, reach out to a county counselor or reach out to VA's home loan program. Uh, I do have that number in front of me and I'm going to give it so folks can write this down if they need it. The VA's home loan program number is 877-827-3702. So we've been throwing a lot of phone numbers at you, but these are important to write down. The VA's home loan program, 877-827-3702. It only goes for another month or so at the moment. So get in there now and talk to them about a COVID-19 refund modification, and it may really help restructure this loan and get you out of some uh, challenges you were at. Uh, The VA also is working hard on uh, rental uh, housing assistance for extremely and very low-income veteran households uh, through the VA Supported Services for Veterans Families program. They just put another 200 million uh, into a grant program for 238 nonprofit organizations all across the country, and and you'll see them do as I say doing these things regularly. So if you're a renter and you've got problems, or you're a VA home loan. Uh, holder and you've got some problems, you really have to reach out to the VA to uh, get, uh, you know, see what the latest is and see how they might help you. So we wanted to pass both of those uh, things along to you. Um, and also in our update, if you will, on uh, what are medical related issues. An, an interesting article caught my eye this week uh, about something that the VA has been doing for a while, but um, I don't know that we've had much talk about it here. Uh, and that is the use of acupuncture for veterans. And actually a, uh, a clinic over in uh, uh, Benton Harbor got written up uh, uh, about a family medicine physician at that clinic who has, actually he completed his uh, training program in acupuncture at Harvard Medical School back in 2015 and he is regularly treating veterans through the use of acupuncture um uh, it's sort of a uh, today it's reported that over 88% of VA facilities offer some treatment in the form uh, in this form beyond traditional uh medicine to um this sort of more eastern type uh medicine have, have you had any uh of your veterans, uh, Michael, uh, go through the acupuncture programs.
3: So uh, yes, Jim. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I'm one of them. Um, I'll, oh. I'll tell you. I'll tell you about my own experience. But yes, many of our veterans much prefer uh, the VA's alternative pain medicine or pain management programs. It's just not acupuncture. It's also yoga, massage therapy, and chiropractic. As a matter of fact, um, they were contracting in the community with chiropractors at such a rate that the VA thought, hey, how about we just hire our own chiropractors and have them on staff here at our facility? And so to that end, I I don't know if Brian's on uh, yet, but um, I believe our facility here in Ann Arbor just hired six chiropractors, again, to offer alternative pain management uh, treatment for veterans who just don't want to uh, take opioids. Um, Now, I had gone through all kinds of pain management for my right knee and other pain And uh, I finally talked to my primary care physician and I said, I'd be willing to try anything. I said, even acupuncture because I know it's available. So she did me a consult and I've been out on the community and I just went on Friday for my fifth treatment. And I I am surprised to say I am like literally pain-free in my knee, my back, my wrist, Mm -hmm. Um, places that I've had pain for 20 and 30 years. And I've gotten so used to walking around with pain that I changed the way I walk, I changed the way I stand, I the way I use my back, my my wrist. And it's. I, I was explaining to my acupuncturist the other day that I, I stand up and I continue to use my body in the way that I'm anticipating the pain, and it's not there. So I have to now uh, go back and try to learn how to walk the right way again because I adjusted the way I walked for so many years trying to avoid that pain in my right knee and it's not there anymore. So I've got to stop walking with a limp because it's not necessary. Um, it's very effective treatment. Uh, I'm glad the VA has, uh, been a forerunner of offering alternative pain management treatments for veterans to get them away from opioid dependence.
2: Well, it's a great, uh, I didn't know I was going to, uh, uh, strike a nerve uh, yeah but, uh, <laughs> but uh, part of the pun yeah part of the pun but it's uh perfect that as I say this recently saw the article uh saw that it was being widely used in uh, ben harbor's uh, CBAC, um in southwest michigan and that uh, uh, so many of the facilities offer it and offer it if, if not uh, at the facility, as in Benton Harbor, offer out in the community. So it's, again, one of those things, uh, if you're out there listening on Veterans Radio um, and thinking about, uh, hey, I've tried a lot of different things, maybe I'd be willing to try this, you know, uh, reach out to your primary care physician and have a discussion. That's how it starts, doesn't it, Michael?
3: Yeah, and it was very quick. Um The, the referral in the community, uh, the, the Office of Community Care called me uh, I had a message by the time I got home after, uh, my annual physical with my primary care physician wanting to, um, set me up with a, 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 a provider in the community. And within a day, the provider contacted me and scheduled my first appointment. It was amazingly fast. And, um, yes, the VA supports it. Now it used to be a lot more treatment. It used to be, I believe, um, 24 or 48 visits in 52 weeks or, you know, within a year, right. it's not reduced to eight. Um, but yet, if your primary care physician feels that you're benefiting from it, he or she can authorize another eight visits or continue to authorize as many visits as they believe is necessary for you to continue to benefit from this type of treatment. You know,
2: I think that's one of the things we've certainly seen over the years is that the the uh, and this is true in all medical uh, uh, arenas, not just at VA. But they want more touch points with the patient. They're not going to give you 120 pills. They're going to give you 30 so that they can come back and check on you rather than not see you for four months. They're not going to give you maybe 24 visits. They're going to give you eight. Let's find out if it's working, and then if it is, and you want some more, I can so. Uh, uh, I, th- I think that seems to be a common uh, situation, uh, doesn't it, uh, uh, Carol Ann?
1: Yes. And uh, Michael, getting back to the acupuncture with your primary care physician, I do have a question, though. We know how specific um, the VA is. When you go in for an exam, it's that exact um, diagnosis that they examine. So when you went to the acupuncturist, and you said it was your knee, Um, did your, um, was the referral for knee specific or back? It had to be specific for that area. So I wanted to make that real specific that you couldn't go in and say to the acupuncturist, okay, I want my knee done, I want my back done, I want... You know, yeah. six areas done. It was only the specific area, um, referred to and the VA had to approve it.
3: Hey, absolutely right. Uh, doctor or general Fasson. And I the nurse got promoted. Nurse, nurse practitioner, Dr. Fasson. So yes, absolutely. And that is the reason why I did not limit, um, when I talked to my doctor about where I wanted treatment, I, I started out with my knee, but then I let her know that it was all other areas that I've been dealing with for years, my low back, my right wrist, and my left knee. And when I went in, uh, the acupuncturist already had the information. She said, so I see you're here for your your low back, your right knee, your left knee, and your right wrist. I said, absolutely. So Right. She will or he will not go beyond what's, um, recommended. But, but, but now let me explain something to you about this, this type of medicine. Um, she first said to me, we don't start there. We're not going to start with your knee and your back and your wrist. We start with other areas of the body to uh, open up your own body's energy. So that your body can begin to do its own healing in those areas, then we then we move to those areas, and that's exactly what she did, and it was a, it's been an amazing journey. I, I have been living with pain for so long that I cannot believe I don't have pain. <laughs> so, and, and how many veterans
2: would roll their eyes about? Well, we don't start there. We have to get the energy flowing, right? right. You, you have
3: to accept this, uh,
2: recognize yeah. a little bit too, don't you? <laughs>
3: Yeah, what um, what's really neat is when I got there, she told me that my primary care physician, uh, refers a lot of veterans to her and she's got a lot of veterans on her caseload. So I was really happy to hear that. That's great. Yeah. Well,
2: that, that, again, we'll, we just want to bring to our listening audience that, you know, VA is doing these alternative things. We were hoping that uh, Brian Hayes, the public affairs director, would be on with us today, but, uh, uh, tied up, and hopefully we'll have them back next month. Uh, but there is one other thing that I think we have to talk a little bit about uh, in terms of avail- what's available with VA uh, before the uh, first half of the show gets by us, because uh, we're all experiencing some trauma, if you will, from watching the news and seeing the pullout of American forces and people and special immigrant uh, visas uh uh out of Afghanistan and and uh, what's happening in Kabul airport and we have heard from a number of folks that this is you know this can be triggering to them uh Afghan veterans uh, and other veterans even Vietnam veterans have talked about how uh, triggering this is for them i, I actually got uh through uh, an email that i just want to read a part of the to to go into this um, uh, to Veterans Radio, which was as I con- as I continue to watch what is going on in Afghanistan, it almost makes me sick to my stomach. Those Afghan veterans who have been physically and mentally injured are struggling in Wayne, Oakland, and Macomb counties. All come to my mind. I have no idea what to do or what should be done, but I want to have an open discussion about this and and that. Uh, email today really kind of hits home. I think it does for a lot of folks. You know, we, we feel for those veterans, um, and we certainly don't want things to get, get any worse, uh, for them. Uh, I, I, it may be a little too early in the week, uh, to have other reactions from people. Michael, have any of your veterans, uh, kind of uh, reached out and said, Hey, this is, I find this troubling.
3: Uh, no, Jim, actually, um, it's been the reverse. Um, this is a list of 168 operation enduring freedom veterans that are in my database. I ran this list two weeks ago and I have, I have personally been calling them one by one and reaching out to them to ask them how they've been feeling. Ex- excuse me. Since, since the beginning of this issue. And um, I'm I'm about a a quarter through the list. I still have more to go. And I'm going to contact every single one of these veterans and and talk to them about how they're feeling and let them know that we are a resource. You know, we do help them with their claims for compensation and pension and records retrieval and all those things that we do as county departments of Veterans Affairs. But, you know, we're, we're also trained in at a certain level of counseling. And we're also veterans in most cases. And so, and, and, and even if they're not veterans, uh, the people that work in this business in the county departments of veterans affairs are advocates for veterans, their survivors and dependents. We have hearts for them. We're, we're passionate about this work and about them and representing them and advocating for them. And in this case, um, we're, we, we want them to know that we're here for them to talk to. About anything that they need to talk to, uh, uh, talk about. Excuse me. About how they're feeling. Um, I, I was on the phone for an hour and a half with one veteran, and he just was. I just let him go. I let him go. He told me how he felt. He told me about how many of his comrades passed away. He he, he told me about how this was making him feel, and um, so it is. It's a discussion that we should be having with our veterans our Operation Enduring Freedom Veterans. And matter of fact, at the end of that conversation, this young man said, you know, if you're going to do this, you should be calling our Vietnam veterans too, because they're probably feeling some kind of way right now. And I thought, wow, what a what a compassionate young man who, who himself is dealing with his own struggles with his personal experiences in Afghanistan. And he says, hey, maybe you ought to think about talking to our Vietnam veterans too. And if you know anything about our Vietnam veterans, the ones who were helping our Operation Enduring Freedom and Operation Iraqi Freedom Veterans when they were coming home, because they wanted to make sure that they had a home going that was not like the ones they received.
2: Amen. Yeah. No, I uh very admirable Michael. That's why you are at the uh top of your profession, uh reaching out to uh uh Progressively to, to folks not waiting to, hey, only get called when there's a crisis, but trying to avert the crisis. And I do think that's something VA is attempting to do as well. Um, yes. And, and that's really the, I want to remind people again that there are a lot of organizations that will help you. Uh, certainly the VA crisis lines available at 800-273-8255. But, the, but there are also um uh, organizations like IAVA which has a quick response force their their numbers 855 917 2740 that you can call wounded warrior project gets uh, a lot of media attention uh they can also be reached out to 888 997 2586 but you can stay local as you say uh, and I think in many times it, it'll be the individual making that call, whether they want to stay local with their local VA or CBOC, talk to their primary care physician if that's where they're getting help, or, or uh, a county counselor, a VSO, somebody. So some, just t- talk to somebody if this time is really triggering for you. Don't don't uh, let it overwhelm you. And again, I'll turn to. Uh, uh, our uh, nurse and retired general, but I think that would be the advice you would be giving them as well.
1: Yeah, and you know, um we shouldn't forget about the families too, you know, mm. the wives, the children, because they've the lived husbands. through it and now they're living through it again. Um, and you're right on, Michael. Um I applaud. I agree with uh, what Jim said. Thank you for taking the high road um getting that list and calling in advance because I am hearing from the Vietnam veterans. They're living this their war again through the eyes of um our our Gulf War veterans again. Um, you know, they're they're hearing this and um was this all for naught? And then what occurred a couple days ago you know the thirteen lives that were lost, um, and the decisions that are being made. Uh, you know, it's it's like, what are we doing? Um,
2: yeah, it, it's it's a it's a tough situation for really almost all generations of veterans. So don't just sit there and let it happen to you. Again, reach out and talk to somebody. Uh, there there are opportunities for help. There are certainly. Um, counselors and therapists who are ready to talk to you and, and help you through this if you're finding it a little bit overwhelming. And, and uh, uh, something else uh, somebody always tells me, to turn off the damn news. Uh, <laughs> part of this is stop watching. Uh, Avoid go out, up, the stimuli. <laughs> right. Avoid the stimuli. Turn, turn it off. Go out for a walk. Uh, get out in nature. Do all of those therapeutic things we've yeah. talked about for so long whatever works for you, whether it's uh, walking in the woods, fishing, hunting, bike riding, running, whatever it is. Um, but uh, yeah, you can get a little overstimulated by by the way in which the media nowadays uh, keeps playing that loop over and over again. It, it can be a little overwhelming.
1: Um, one thing, Jim, that I heard um, from a female veteran, please remember female veterans, there are women, counselors at the VA. Um, Mm -hmm. There's women coordinators. Um, We're also out there. We are very unique and we could be handled um, by our own coordinators. So please, um, one of the young women that they featured on national news this morning, she was handling a little child in uh, Afghanistan and she was interviewed just two days before the bombing and she said, She was so proud to be doing what she was doing, helping a family and um, she's lost, she's gone. And so please, um, if you are in need, call the crisis center, call your local VA, call a VSO, a county counselor, call us, Um, we're there to help you.
2: Let me end the bottom of the hour here with the VA crisis line number again. It's eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, 8255 and if you want to uh, check, uh, give us a call at 734-822-1600, and we'll talk to you right after we come out of these messages.
0: The Medal of Honor is the highest award for valor in combat given a member of the Armed Forces of the United States. There have been over 3,400 recipients of the nation's highest award. This is one of them. Army Sergeant John Latham, along with two comrades, rescued three soldiers under heavy German machine gun fire. Details after this. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1 800 693 4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. Their number again 1 800 693 4800. Becoming separated from their platoon by a smoke barrage, Sergeant Latham, Sergeant Allen Eggers, and Corporal Thomas O'Shea took cover in a shell hole well within the enemy's lines. Upon hearing a call for help from an American tank that had become disabled 30 yards from them, the three soldiers left their shelter and started toward the tank under heavy fire from German machine guns and trench mortars. In crossing the fire-swept area, O'Shea was mortally wounded. But Latham and Eggers proceeded to the tank, rescued a wounded officer, and assisted two wounded soldiers to cover in a nearby trench. Latham and Eggers then returned to the tank in the face of violent fire, dismounted a Hotchkiss gun, and took it back to where the wounded men were, keeping off the enemy all day by effective use of the gun, and later bringing it with the wounded men back to our lines under cover of darkness. Sergeant Allen Eggers was also awarded the Medal of Honor. The Medal of Honor series is a production of Veterans Radio.
4: Military veterans touch everyone's life. I'm guessing right now you're thinking of a veteran, a close friend, relative. Maybe it's you. Even the toughest of us sometimes need help but don't know where to turn for support. You don't need special training to help a veteran in your life. We can all help someone going through a difficult time. Learn how you can be there for veterans. Visit VeteransCrisisLine.net. VeteransCrisisLine.net. A message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs.
2: Welcome back. Welcome back to Veterans Radio. Um, we're glad to have you and talk about a few more issues, uh, that every veteran should know about, some benefit issues. I should remind you to, uh, hang on to the end because we were going to give away our U.S. Wings jacket. We've got the name here, uh, the generals reminded me I didn't uh, do my duty, and I announced said at the beginning that that was coming up. <laughs> and uh, I also didn't just thank some of our sponsors, so let me thank them as well. So we have to thank uh, our sponsor, NVBDC.org, National Veterans Business Development Council. They certify veteran-owned businesses. Uh, so that you can do work with corporate America and prove up that you're a veteran's own business. And they do a great job of networking folks uh, in the business world. So you can learn more at nvbbc.org. Uh I mentioned U.S. Wings, the purveyor of fine military equipment, jackets, coats, uh, all kinds of different uh, authentic gear. Uh, this U.S. Wings jacket will be made available uh uh, and give it away here at the end of the hour. Uh, but you can find out more about them, go to their site, uswings.com. And we've, we've been talking about uh, issues of, of uh, health and uh, certainly Eisenhower Center uh, is a uh healthcare facility dealing with TBIs and uh, mental health issues uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and in Jacksonville, Florida. And we're... Uh, Today broadcasting from uh, what we refer to as Southern Command for Veterans Radio down in Florida, where it's uh, about as hot as it is up in uh, the Detroit, Michigan area. So Eisenhower Center, uh, you can find out more about them. And finally, Legal Help for Veterans, uh, veteran disability law firm acting nationally, uh, 800-693-4800 or LegalHelpForVeterans.com. And always, we want to thank our uh, VSO sponsors, Vietnam Veterans of America, Charles S. Kettles, Chapter 310 in Ann Arbor, and VFW Graf O'Hara Post 423, also in Ann Arbor. They help keep us on the air, and we're appreciative of their continuing support as we uh, bring each week uh, issues to the forefront that are important to veterans, but also talk about uh, these issues in a Weekly podcast that we put up every Tuesday at 11, uh, interesting interviews with veteran on veteran related matters. And, uh, you can find that at veteransradio.net. And we have a very active Facebook engagement. We ho- would hope you would check us out on Facebook for veterans radio, like us and keep track of everything that's going on. And both veteransradio.net is an outlet to suggest to us additional uh, types of programs that you want, and also uh, Facebook, messaging us on Facebook. And that's how we really learned by talking to our listeners that, uh, hey, we want to know more about what's going on with veteran issues, things out of the VA, not only benefits, but broader. And that's why in the first half hour, we spoke so much about some of those benefits that are available from the, from housing grants to other things. So as we turn to, um, uh, more directly to our veterans' benefits issues, um, I think maybe where I want to start is uh, we've talked a little bit about this, but in the past. But you know, this is a big deal. Uh, VA's new view and expanding benefits for uh, those uh, we'll call they'll call them particulate uh, matters. We'll call them exposure to burn pits. But uh, the new presumptive for those who have cyanitis, asthma, and I probably said that wrong. I'm not a medical guy. Um, but uh, it just uh, began at the beginning of August here. Um, uh, Michael, have you seen any activity of either interest from your uh, veteran clients or uh, from the VA on this t- topic, which I think is a pretty big deal? And, you know, we're going to go back to your muted. So that's going to that's going to make it even harder to learn what you're saying.
3: All right. Thank you, Jim. Um, yes. So you're, you're right. Um, what's made this even better for us as county veteran service officers is the VA's outreach. We are getting contacted by our veterans because they all receive letters because they are on the burn pit registry. So that's the most important thing. If you're not on the burn pit registry and you want to be able to get information like what just came out, please do so. Because those who are on the burn pit registry did receive a letter from the VA, letting them know that they added these three or or these new presumptive conditions. And several of my veterans are like, hey, I got rhinitis, do you think I should file that claim? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So yes, we've been working with our veterans uh, reaching out to us because the VA has done their appropriate uh, outreach. And I really can't say enough about that effort on their behalf because it's making our jobs a whole lot easier.
2: Well, it's really important for veterans uh, because the burn pit problem was so widespread <laughs> and and by problem, I really mean usage and and uh, so there are a lot of folks with a lot of exposure. And,
3: and a lot and, of other problems. Yeah.
2: Yes. And, and, you know, we've been asked about those other respiratory problems. And, and my view on it is this is, this is a start. This isn't the end of the presumptions coming out of, um, no. burn pit or particulate exposure. It's the start of something. And, and as we saw with Agent Orange, it takes a long time, but they keep, they keep adding things to the list, but pretty ha- happy. That they actually, uh, you know, started something, and I'm going to let Brian Hayes come into the conversation, and and see if he wants to tell us about that outreach. So, is uh, but but that you know, it, it probably is just that, just a start.
3: Brian, welcome. And, and it's, it's, it's a good start, uh, Jim. I have to say, I, I again, accolades to the VA. Now, this burns hit The issue has been ongoing for some time, but they did not allow it to drag out as long as atomic veterans, as long as tropical disease veterans, and as long as former POW veterans, or our ongoing issue with our veterans who are exposed to herbicide agents. Yep, they just added three new conditions to that list, and hopefully they'll add at some point hypertension, which they continue to not add, although it's been in that report from IOM three times now, and this last report, it was at the level that met their standards that all other conditions did for service connection and the secretary did not add it again. So uh,
2: I think we have Brian Hayes on the line. Brian, are you uh, unmuted and joining us? Yeah, I think so. Can you guys hear me okay? We can hear you fine. <laughs> we're, we're glad Good. to have on the director of public relations for the, uh, the VA healthcare system in Ann Arbor. So sorry I'm late. I had a little bit of a little bit of a, an emergency at home,
4: but I'm a little out of breath because I got in and ran up the stairs into the office and here I am. <laughs> well, we're
2: glad, we're glad to have you. We were, we were talking about the VA's outreach on the particulate uh, presumptions and, and uh, wanted to know if you wanted to weigh in on that at all.
4: Well, I just know from personal experience because uh, you know I'm a veteran of that uh, of that geographic region and so I know that the uh, the VA central office sent out letters to every veteran who might be uh, eligible for that. I got one. Uh, you know, and so uh, because because of the uh, of the presumptions that might be the case with the uh, the Southwest Asia Defense Medal, so and I have that from being from Desert Storm. So, so we know that there's that. There's also a lot of social media outreach that's going on. Uh, but, but really VA is, is sort of hands on on this, um, you know, directly contacting veterans who may
2: be eligible. Well, we, we think that's clearly the right way to go. And, and, um, before you jumped on, Michael was commenting that it's working because he's getting those calls from folks going, Hey, I just got this letter. Uh, you think I should be filing my claim? Obviously the answer is yes, but of course, uh, you know, I think that sort of outreach is what uh, people expect. And it's nice to see the VA uh, following yes. through and doing such a good, good job on that. Uh, uh, earlier we talked about uh, such things as the um, COVID relief that you can get on your VA home loan. And uh, we talked about the acupuncture services that are available, which uh which Michael said, "Hey, I just went on Friday. Let me tell you about my experiences." Good. Great. So, so uh, you know, we always like to have you on to see if there's uh, are new things that are occurring that uh, maybe you can enlighten us on from the VA perspective, Brian.
4: Well, there's always new stuff. And, and speaking of the the uh, the mortgage assistance that's out there, I want to talk about when when that sort of goes beyond and too late. We have VA has a tremendous. Homeless Veteran Program. Uh, I'm not sure how much you guys are familiar with that. We just did a, a video piece on it last week and put it on our Facebook page. Uh, but the the program, you know, you can go to va.gov and, and find the program there as well. But for veterans who are, you know, in you know close to becoming ho- homeless or uh, in need of assistance paying mortgage, there is help uh, from the VA to do that. Um, you can find that on our Facebook page. You can, you know, when you go into the homeless or rather our, our webpage, when you look at our homeless program service, um, and uh, we have a tremendous homeless program coordinator. She knows that side of the, of the program inside and out. Sean Dowling, she's amazing at that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to okay. kind of piggy, piggyback on top of what you were talking about. As far as the, that assistance that's out there, there's, there's, there are so many programs for veterans that it's impossible for them to know all of them. Um, and that's where we come in. We try to let people know there's, there's so much help and assistance out there for, of all kinds, uh, for veterans who need it. You just have to, you just have to look.
2: Yeah. Well, that's one of the things we were suggesting is don't, don't just sit there and, and feel, the uh, being yourself pulled down by the weight of, of, yeah. whether it's the mortgage or the rent or, that's right. All of this. You got to make a call. There's somebody will be there to help you. Me, that's right. Let me ask another question, uh, about, um, covid vaccine the 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 um uh, acceptance rate that you guys are seeing at the va and uh, no. let's talk booster shots what can you tell us about booster shots
4: well, booster shots right now are for folks who uh, and, and i know Carol Ann could speak to this probably clinically better than i can but folks who um are severely autoimmune compromised is that auto is immunity compromised is that accurate uh, Carolyn? Yes. Yes. um and when they say sort of moderately to severely, they're talking about folks who are immunosuppressed similar to people who have had organ transplants. You know what I mean? Uh, beyond kind of, you know, uh, uh, rheumatology or, or, uh, or arthritis, that sort of thing. It's sort of more, uh, more compromising than that. So anyway, uh, long story short, yes, folks that are immunocompromised, those are the first in line um, to get the booster. And then I want to say around mid September, um, that third vaccine is going to become available to uh, pretty much anybody who wants it.
2: Well, I think that's uh, important to know. And again, we've been on Veterans Radio, we've been promoting the COVID vaccine from the get-go. We think it's important for people to accept it. Um, we're hearing very positive things from everybody who has. We actually ran a little survey, you know, not uh, not super scientific, but uh, that's why they make things like survey SurveyMonkey so that you can go out to all of your contacts and ask them just that, how many of them had been vaccinated? And we mm-hmm. found that because we had heard somebody argue that veterans weren't getting the vaccine. And I just said, I don't think that's right." Mm-hmm. that's not my experience. And well, I would ours- have to, yeah, and
4: I'm, I'm with you, Jim. I would have to push back on that a little bit because I can tell, speak and I can only speak for Ann Arbor, of course, but we've delivered over 67,000 vaccinations, just us. And uh, and I can tell you, um, and some of those are two shots, right? So, Take that in half. Uh, but that's the majority of our veteran population. In fact, about 85 to 86% of our veterans at VA Ann Arbor are fully vaccinated. Yeah.
2: My, that's consistent with the poll we conducted. Again, unscientific, yep. but 80% of the yep. people who responded said that they were vaccinated. Great. There were, there were 20% who said, because we gave them, you know, are you vaccinated? Uh, you're going to get vaccinated. I'm never going to get vaccinated. 20% of them said, I'm never going to get vaccinated. Mm. Okay. I'm not too surprised by that. I think there's probably a certain percentage, whether it was 10 or 15 percent, I, I was surprised it was 20, maybe 20 percent said, yeah, I'm just not a vaccination kind of guy. And I'm so they're not going to do it. Well, 5 uh,
4: percent margin of error is not bad, though, Jim. I mean, you're yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, think
2: we're, <laughs> I feel better about my little survey sample now. <laughs> uh, and, so I think it's important for people to begin thinking about uh, getting that booster. Uh, and, and I'm glad to hear that VA has got a plan in place to to move forward with. Uh, well,
4: not, you know, and not only the booster, though, Jim, I mean, uh, a lot of folks were holding out for that uh, that FDA authorization. Well, we got that last week for the Pfizer vaccination. And so folks who had that argument really, um, you know, if that really was their argument, um, yeah. I'm hoping that they uh, they actually get in and, and get that vaccine.
2: People don't want that motherfucker Does And, and Michael, have you, uh, have you kind of what reactions have you gotten from your, uh, contacts with veterans about the COVID vaccine? And your point, here we go. We're back. Meaning. Have, have, do you find a high adoptance rate? It sounds, uh, I'm, I'm seeing it sounds like VA and Arbor seeing it.
3: Are you hearing about a high, uh, acceptance rate as well? So, um, Our information is coming through our Washtenaw County Department of Public Health. He-Mena Loveluck is our public health officer, and their data is not specific to veterans. And so I'm not real certain, and we're not polling veterans about their um, vaccination status because we we right now are taking it as a position that it's a HIPAA violation to even ask them about their vaccination status. So the other thing is, is our our county's policies have moved moved to um, masking of staff and customers in any county buildings, regardless of vaccination status, because the vaccinated are the ones who are spreading this virus right now at a higher rate, not only here in this country, but in other countries. And I had to do that research when I put together my preferred service delivery plan for how we're going to do um, an an increased in-person service delivery beginning on September 7th. And I had to research uh, several documents because, as you know, our community, uh, my 15,476,000 veterans here in Washtenaw County, um, over 55% of them are over the age of 65. So that puts them at risk already, vaccinated or unvaccinated. They're also immunocompromised because of their medical conditions, and many of them have medical conditions that are related to also higher risk of contracting COVID. Now we also have that 50 million plus um, population of 12 years old and younger who cannot receive the vaccination. So it's not an, an a, a, it's not an issue of those who are holding out, and you know those that are not informed. Refusing to get it. No, there's about 50 million people who can't get this vaccination right now. So my concerns in my service delivery model was making sure that I protected my customers, my staff and their family members. And so we're going to do a, you know, a service delivery model that's going to consider masking because that's what's being recommended right now for those who are vaccinated and unvaccinated. Um, but in terms of those in my community who are Refusing or not, or excuse me, getting the vaccine. They're not talking to us about that and we're not collecting that data.
2: Okay. No, it, uh, again, everybody's got to make an individual choice here. And it's just, I think sometimes there's also some misinformation that leads people in, in one direction or another. So, True. uh, the, 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 if you, if you just look, talk to the medical folks, and I'm sure the general would, uh, echo in here. Um, you know, there's just a strong, history of validity of vaccines and,
3: and. That's true. But, but I'll tell you one thing, Jim, um, when they vaccinated me against scarlet fever, I didn't get scarlet fever after they vaccinated me against diphtheria. I didn't get diphtheria. And after they vaccinated me against, um, all those other things that I did rabies, by the way, I did get vaccinated against rabies. I didn't get rabies. So I think people's concerns right now are you're, you're pushing a vaccine. That's not providing the protection that a polio vaccine did or a scarlet fever vaccine did or diphtheria or a tetanus shot does. Um, it's just not proven to provide that same kind because people are still getting infected and sick and actually dying from COVID-19 after vaccinations. And that's the discussion that's not being talked about anywhere.
2: Well, there, there there, certainly have been breakthrough COVID cases. Uh I don't know if the data is very good on how much of that is really occurring.
3: Yeah, because you know why? Because they're not testing those who have been vaccinated and, unless they're symptomatic. So that's the problem right now. It's the CDC and WHO and other health organizations do not know the transmission rate amongst the vaccinated to the unvaccinated or the vaccinated to the vaccinated because they're not testing the vaccinated unless they're symptomatic. So, yes, so, the data is not clear. So yeah, basically everything you're saying,
4: Michael, is, is incorrect. But I'm not going to get involved in a conversation like this. So, guys, uh, if you don't have anything left for uh, for VA at Arbor, uh, I'll go ahead and sign out.
2: Brian, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. We'll understand you're signing out. Got it. Okay. Thank you. So so there, we're, we're coming to the end here, but I did have a question or two uh, from emails of disability issues that I wanted to get to. Um, one of them, I think, just is a again one of these things where you go. Know, people just don't understand how the two systems work. And that was Michael in Oakland, California, asked, uh, "Hey, I'm 100% Social Security disability rated. Why, uh, why doesn't the VA automatically make me 100% rated?" And and I see you shaking your head, Michael. You want you want to explain to them the difference? <laughs>
3: um, there is a difference between the VA rating schedule and the way the Social Security Disability Schedule uh, looks at disabilities. And yet, the, the laws and the rules of disability for both agencies require that they interact with each other. So it's informational back and forth, but it's not controlling. I think that's
2: what people think it should yeah. be controlling. It's, it's, right, it's not automatic, right.
1: It's not automatic.
2: And and you you get rated... Uh, and a different holistic approach by Social Security that either are or aren't uh, able to work, whereas VA really looks at, at, at individual body parts, if you will, yes. and rates how that's impacting one's ability to uh, be gainfully employed.
1: Yes, and how it was service-connected related to your military service. And if you want to find out more about this, Jim, we've just completed an ebook So please go online through our Legal Help for Veterans, because this question has been asked many times about the difference between Social Security and VA disability rating. Um, One other quickie, um, Jim and Michael, I don't know if you've been experiencing this, but I would tell our veterans out there, your clients, our clients, if you get a letter from the VA, that says, please respond within 30 days. And you get a letter from the VA. The VA is experiencing high levels of VA irregularity in the mail. Just got a letter the other day, one of our veterans called us. You had 30 days to respond, got the letter within four days of 30 days from when it was sent from the VA because of mail. Um, PLEASE NOTIFY YOUR REP SO THAT WE COULD RESPOND um, SO THAT THAT DOESN'T GET CLOSED OUT WITH YOUR DISABILITY RATING. I THINK THAT'S REALLY IMPORTANT. AND, MICHAEL, I'M GLAD YOU'RE SHAKING YOUR HEAD. Um, WE DON'T WANT YOUR CLAIM TO GET CLOSED.
2: SO LET ME JUMP IN WITH ONE MORE EMAIL QUESTION THAT WE GOT BEFORE WE RUN OUT OF TIME AND WE announced THAT U.S. WINGS WINNER FOR THAT JACKET. Um, Otis from Cicero, uh, Illinois, wanted to know why his disability rating went down after he had a knee replacement. And again, this is these are so, you know these seem like they're obvious questions or answers. But Michael, go ahead,
3: give it quick, <laughs> very very quick. Um, the rating on the knee went away when the knee went away. So when they did the re- knee replacement, there's two evaluations for knee replacements or prosthetic replacements. 30% and 60%. So whatever his rating was prior to the knee going away, the minimum evaluation after replacement is 30%. The higher, so
1: that, the
3: higher evaluation is 60. And that's really hard to get, but we can do it. And I have done it before. As we said to folks, they replaced your knee or they, they you know,
1: fixed, fixed,
2: fixed the problem. Uh, your disability rating is going to go down, but uh, everybody can kind of gets hooked on the, on the rating and the payment. So. But it's a simple, uh, answer, Otis. Hopefully that, uh, that explained it to you in, in a way you can understand instead of a 12 page letter from VA that uh, you can't read. Um, as we come to the end of the hour, I want to pre- uh, thank, uh, Michael Smith and Caroline Fosson for coming in and talking again to our veterans here on answering some of the questions, talking about the thing, some of the things new going on and some of the things in the news that are going on. Um, uh, uh, one of our sponsors is U.S. Wings. You, they're the maker of these great uh, jackets, uh, all kinds of different military gear, really authentic gear, quality stuff that'll last, hell, uh, it'll last longer than you will. Um, so we would encourage you to go to uswings.com to check that out, um, because you'll be uh, amazed at it. And if you've got one of those uh, men or women in your life who it's tough to buy a holiday present for or a birthday present for because they got everything when you ask them. They said, I got everything I need. Uh, well, buy them something that they want, that they never say they need, but man, they'd love to have, have that kind of uh, gear. So go to uswings.com for that. We had hundreds of people submit for this year, this month's, uh, uh, jacket and, uh, it, uh, the winner is homegrown. Uh, was Yay. here in the area Detroit area Sharon Sykes uh, she served from 1980 to 1984 she was a United States Air Force veteran served Yay. over in, served over in Korea so uh, Sharon will be reaching out to you uh, you'll love this jacket and we believe that uh, you know you will not only wear it proudly but you'll send us a photo back uh, and you'll be really happy with your U.S. wings uh, jacket. Next week, Dale will be back. He's off doing a little uh, reconnaissance this week. He was over in Boston with the family, so uh, he'll be back soon. And uh, next week, Dale's got a great program that he's working on getting lined up. And in a, in a month from now, we'll be back on Veterans Radio to talk benefits with our experts, Michael Smith and Carol Ann Poisson. And uh, as always, you can check us out by going to veteransradio.net. Uh, I'm being reminded to say, what, happy Labor Day? Happy
1: Labor Day, and let's not forget 9-11.
2: And we'll remember that, and let's keep all of those Afghanistan veterans in mind uh, as we go into this upcoming week and everything that goes on. And until then, you are dismissed.